What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Delaney Fisher. And we're doing a book review today. We're going to be talking about the book You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. <laughs> You're oh. Not Listening by Everybody's <laughs> Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yes. Yes. By yeah. me and all my fights with my partners. <laughs> I'm sure that sentence has been said a record amount of times since quarantine started with like couples fighting, going through the roof. It's, it's gotta be being said a lot. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Uh, So just a quick announcement. We have new merchandise on the website. We have two different t-shirts you can get at self helpless choked on my mouth selfhelplesspodcast.com and we're about to add a coffee mug as well. If shirts aren't your thing, you want something else? We got a self helpless coffee mug coming. Yeah, I'm so do. excited for yeah, my coffee mug. Do, girl. Yes. 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 Um, all right. Taylor, did you want to read a nice quotable to kick off this episode? I do. <laughs> this is from Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which we love mm-hmm. here on Self Helpless. Mm-hmm. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. gosh. Ooh. That anybody else feeling uh, feeling seen and oh, called out? A thousand and percent. Heard. Oh, yes, a thousand percent. It yeah. reminds me of um, Pulp Fiction when uh, that quote from Uma Thurman, where she's like, "People in conversation are just like waiting for their turn to talk." 
Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like nobody just like shuts the fuck up and listens. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I find myself uh, trying to snap out of that. Even like during our interviews with guests, I'm like, oh, I want to ask them this question and this question and this question. And, and it's like, no, wait, I just need to be present and listen to like the wisdom that they are giving us right now. And I'm constantly trying to be like, okay, just make a note of those really quick and then, you know, focus in, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so this book was requested by our wonderful helpsters on Patreon. Um, so if you want to sign up for Patreon to kind of have an influence over the topics that we do on the show, you can go to patreon.com slash self helpless. And again, this is you are not listening, uh, by Kate Murphy. And the, the full title is you're not listening Um, what you are missing and why it matters. And in this always illuminating and often humorous deep dive, Murphy explains why we're not listening, what it's doing to us, and how we can reverse the trend. She makes accessible uh, the psychology, neuroscience, and sociology of listening while also introducing us to some of the best listeners out there, including a CIA agent, focus group moderator, bartender, radio producer, and top furniture salesman. It's time to stop talking and start listening. Ooh, yeah. yeah, What a nice description. Very good. (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's jump into this book. Uh, Listening is a rare skill. We're not encouraged to listen these days. We're encouraged to broadcast ourselves, whether it's through social media or endlessly chatting on our phones. When Mm. was the last time you felt someone was truly listening to you? When was the last time you really listened closely to someone else? It's ironic that even though we're more connected than ever before, we're also experiencing what some have called an epidemic of loneliness. It's easier to stay in contact, but the quality of communication isn't cutting it. According to Microsoft, since 2000, the average attention span has decreased from 12 seconds to just eight. That puts us below the nine-second attention span of a goldfish. Whoa! Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. I mean, nothing oh. against goldfish, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> so much against goldfish. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're telling me our attention spans, you wouldn't even win in a bag at a carnival? <laughs> That's bad. That's a low bar. That is so bad. That means a goldfish would have finished Tiger King faster than us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's to blame? Phones certainly play a part. So do other technological devices, but other distractions are everywhere around us. There's something extra special about focusing your attention on what somebody else is saying. A good conversation can cut through all the background noise around us. How do you do that, though? Author Kate Murphy talked to some of the best listeners in the world to find out. Ooh, I'm excited mm. to hear what this is. I am so excited. So when do you excited. guys do you guys feel like do you guys feel like you can easily remember the last time you felt like somebody really listened to you very closely? Yeah. I think you guys are too. excellent listeners. Anytime I talk yeah. to you guys about anything, you know, yeah. I feel very heard. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You know. Same. All my, all, really, all my close friends and stuff. Because I wouldn't really be close friends with somebody where I'm like, they're not listening to shit I'm saying. Like, yeah. They're not hearing me. We're not connecting on that level. So I feel like um, I feel like everybody I've kind of surrounded myself are really excellent listeners and super like compassionate, empathetic people, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure about you guys. I totally agree that it's easier to stay in contact with everybody and somehow like let it's the quality of the connection is lower. Yeah. It's, it's so sad. I think, I do think that the state of the world right now is making us all um, connect more effectively though. Mm-hmm. In yeah. 
in the digital space because it's our only option yeah. Yeah. in a lot of scenarios. So that's yeah. one silver lining, I suppose. Yeah. Sure. And I like, I find myself wanting to have like a lower amount of really quality relationships versus like when I was younger, I was just like, oh, the more acquaintances, the better. And I'm like, nah, I like to keep my circle really small and give those people my time. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, that's it. <laughs> Honestly, quality over quantity. Yeah. Always open to like new people, but I, I enjoy having, yeah, the quality over quantity myself. Yeah, absolutely. So even in the age of big data, listening can bring unique insights into what people want. Listening is a vital skill for people in professions from therapy to military interrogation. (laughs) (laughs) Big gap there. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little different. These professionals must know how to extract insights from their subjects. Yeah, if you're waterboarding somebody, you got to really be listening when they... When they do finally come up for air and and, uh, say some stuff. (laughs) Naomi Henderson is an expert at doing just that. Naomi is a living legend of focus groups. Over her 50-year career, she's worked on everything from Kentucky Fried Chicken to Bill Clinton's presidential campaign. Again, Another big gap. Yeah, so different. (laughs) She was the the one who told him to stop playing up his southern accent. Hmm. That's interesting. She has moderated some 6,000 focus groups, more than 50,000 people. Something about Naomi makes people feel comfortable talking to her. She stays calm and focused, never crosses her arms or legs. Wow. And always seems to have plenty of time for you while her facial expression conveys genuine interest. That sounds so hard. That sounds like like when people like pat their head and rub their stomach at the same time. It's like, (laughs) don't cross any of your extremities and look very entranced. (laughs) All these qualities have encouraged countless focus group participants to share their insights with her, enabling her to articulate to her clients what their customers really want. Focus groups have been big business since the 1940s, but these days they face a rival in big data. It's a shift from qualitative research focus groups to quantitative research based on numbers. Quantitative research can be hugely revealing, but can only ever give direct answers to specific questions. There is no place for why or how. For example, Naomi helped develop the product Swiffer through an open-ended conversation with some cleaners, something that never would have happened in a simple yes or no survey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I like her talking about the importance of body language when you're listening, like how much of a difference that makes. I'm thinking now of my therapist and how my therapist's facial expressions, like you can really tell that she's she's listening to me. She's making me feel like she's truly giving me her all in that moment. And uh, you don't really think about that. I, I feel like I don't think about that when I'm listening to somebody. If I'm like sitting like this, or if I'm closed off as opposed to like having your body more open. It's just interesting. My therapist had a clock behind me and I would catch her checking it towards the end of sessions sometimes. And I think that's why I ghosted her. Really? Because <laughs> I'm a professional entertainer. If I can't keep you, if I can't keep your attention, who will? <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed mine too. I mean, there's literally like no other way to do that other than I guess I like set an alarm and interrupt you. But I have you ever, I mean, how uncomfortable when you're like in a group conversation or even a one-on-one conversation where you can physically tell somebody has checked out and stopped listening. How uncomfortable is that where it's like, they're just, they're no longer looking at anybody. Like they're looking around at like, okay, how do I get out of here? Like, what do I, you know what I mean? Like 
you just see that that's a that's a whole nother uh thing where it's like you know I don't know. I think we're pretty good at like reading the room, but I always yeah. feel very uncomfortable if I'm like in a group conversation and I can tell somebody is very uninterested in what's going on and some, the other person can't tell, I get very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't really have much to add, but except that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, all right. Next section here, peeps. Um, to be a good listener. Is that the right section? Uh, Mm -hmm. You have to be curious about people and say just enough to show you understand. Some of the very best listeners are the most naturally curious people. Uh, Retired intelligence officer Gary Nosner uh, proves this perfectly. Uh, Nosner was the formal lead hostage negotiator with the FBI and is an amazing listener. His curiosity is the personality trait that helped him talk effectively with terrorists and criminals in crisis situations. Oh my, I cannot even imagine the stress of that job. Yeah. Um, seriously. For example, Nosner recalled one time he talked in length with a salesman about his tightrope walking hobby, such that he learned all about a tight a tightrope walker practices. Uh, he's instantly likable because of the way he focuses his, his attention on other people. And this is what causes people to want to tell him things. Another naturally curious former intelligence agent worked in a similar way. Shortly after the 9-11 attacks, Barry McManus, then chief interrogator with the CIA, managed to get a, a Pakistani nuclear scientist to admit to knowing Osama bin Laden. His method was simply to listen and relate to what the scientists had to say. They initially talked in depth about American history, causing the scientists to feel relaxed and relate to McManus and then share his story about bin Laden. You don't have to say very much about the subjects you discuss with the person you are listening to. What's important is to demonstrate that you're truly following the conversation that you're engaged, basically. It's not just nodding or repeating bits back to the speaker, but interpreting what they say from your perspective and asking interesting questions. So imagine a friend has lost his job. He's bound to be upset, but what aspect of the situation is causing him the most distress? It could be anything from money to difficulty difficulty telling his family. The best response, rather than simply, I'm sorry to hear that, is a response that encourages him to impart what he is most worried about. He will leave plenty more to say, or he will have plenty more to say and will appreciate the listening ear. So basically asking people the right questions yeah. is what it kind of sounds like, right? It's yeah. like, oh, sorry about that, but like, oh, what it, you know, what are you worried about the most about? losing your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to be a sounding board for people, but you can be that much more helpful by like encouraging them to further talk about like, okay, well, what specifically is, is bothering you in this situation? Right. Right. And it sounds like this uh, other situation is like, you know, if some people who are very good listeners and stuff like that, maybe a a bit manipulative for their jobs, you know, sounds like, okay, they know how to connect with people. So they trust them right away. And then they might overshare or reveal something that they may have not shared if they didn't feel like as connected or comfortable with the person. So that's an interesting part of it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Also don't assume, you know, what someone is saying, especially not the people closest to you. Who do you find it easiest to confide in a stranger or someone you're close to? Surprisingly, a lot of people prefer to talk to strangers. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, This is known as closeness communication bias and psychologist Judith, uh, what would you say, coach? Coach, coach? Yeah, so maybe. Something like that. that sounds about right. Uh, uh, is an expert in trying to break it down. Her specialty is couples group therapy. 
She brings several couples together for long, regular sessions in which they can talk about their relationship in detail. When someone shares their problems, it's not just their spouse who's listening, it's the whole group. And the conversation changes dramatically when you're really being listened to. Um, Coaches, couples make so many breakthroughs simply by being heard. When someone isn't listening to their spouse, the rest of the group can point it out to them. Coach recalls the uh, revelatory moment that a mansplainer (laughs) finally Ah. listened to what his wife was saying. She started crying. Wow. Mm. Um, The problem is that over time, close relationships can lead to a complacency and the false belief that we know what our partner thinks and feels. Oh, that's so true. Mm. Um, But the past isn't a good guide to the present. People are always evolving. So how do you keep track of who your partner is now? simply by staying curious and listening without assuming you know what they're going to say. Some people may prefer to talk to strangers, but assumptions can ruin those conversations too. We have a terrible tendency to stereotype people by categories like gender, race, and profession. This is a form of confirmation bias. We only hear things that support what we already believe. That's why the author cautions against identifying yourself according to the categories you fall into, saying things like speaking as a gay person or as a millennial. Whole categories of people like that don't share the same characteristics. Uh, In summary, we should never assume we know what someone else is going to say. In fact, we need to be open to the idea that they may have a totally different opinion, and we need to be ready to accept that those opinions are legitimate. Mm. Ooh, chunk of change right there. It's like the uh, what are the the four agreements? One of them is don't make assumptions, right? Oh yes, Mm -hmm. never assume what people you know are thinking or their motivations behind certain things and everything. Yeah. Um, Oh man, that couples group sounds. Very interesting. I would do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on like a couples retreat somewhere. Yeah, I think that's it's... a good in between. Oh, oh no, no, yeah. sorry. I was just, ooh, there's a loud airplane outside my window. Um, I think uh, couples can really get like entrenched in their um, beliefs about like who is right or wrong about a certain fight. I feel like every couple has like those like three core fights that they always kind of come back to and they have just mm. really been like, nope, I will forever be right about this. And it's like an agree to disagree. And I think a group setting like that would really help open it up beyond just like what your guys' ideas are of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Kelsey just said exactly what I was going to say, but in a much better way. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Listening to contrasting views is tough, but crucial. In 2016, a neuroscience study at USC discovered something remarkable. It took a group of people with strong political beliefs and scanned their brains while challenging those beliefs. The brain scans that resulted were similar to what it would have looked like if they'd been running away from a bear. Wow. How fucking ingrained our shit is, dude. Yeah, it's just that difficult to listen to opposing views. Wow. Ahmad Hariri from Duke University suggests that the biggest threats we generally face these days are social in nature. The amygdala, the part of the brain that kicks in when we're under threat, can go into overdrive even when faced with the difference of opinion. This is a tendency we should work to overcome. Psychologists call this ability cognitive complexity. It's something good listeners have in abundance. Being able to accept gray areas and contrasting views without mentally fleeing the scene enables you to understand other people better and will also help you become a better, more nuanced decision maker. You don't have to agree with other people, and you shouldn't even expect to understand them fully. Misunderstandings are an inevitable and constructive part of a good conversation. Many people are often reluctant to pause a conversation and simply say, I don't understand. Clarifying a misunderstanding can be a great way to gain better insight into someone else's mind. We can't presume to know what someone else is thinking. It's inevitable that they'll say things that just don't make sense to us. That's great news as it gives us the chance to extend our understanding of them. Accept that we can't ever fully know other people as we know ourselves, but try to understand how our own views color the way we interpret other people. You'll start thinking of opposing views and misunderstandings as opportunities to listen more deeply and grow as a person. Mm-hmm. I love that. Dude, I fucking loved like uh, my um, philosophy classes in college. I love any kind of debate classes, any kind of just discussion where people are having respectful educated discussions back and forth on completely opposing views. I fucking love that shit. Um, So yeah, I think it does. I think it just makes you, it makes you a more understanding, more tolerant person when you're willing to hear somebody's side of something, somebody that might not be the same to yours. And especially like, even as like a business owner, if you want to be a successful business owner, or if like you're into marketing and stuff, you have to um, you have to have like empathy for other people because you have to know what their needs and wants and problems are for you to even sell something to them. You have to know what they need and want from you. So yeah. there has to be like that open discussion. You have to ask people for feedback. You have to open up that conversation. And um, you know the people who don't are really missing out. But I also understand the people who don't because you know, this probably just, it's ingrained in us that whatever has gotten us this far in survival, don't change it because, you know, it's kept us alive this far. So we don't need anything different going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I also understand the people who are, are set in their ways, but I think they're doing themselves a great disservice not to be open to just learning more about everything. Right. Definitely. Um, One of the keys to good listening is good questioning. Sociologist Charles Derber of Boston College says that there are two basic types of conversational response, the support response and the shift response. Say someone tells you that her dog recently ran away. If you answer by explaining how your own dog never gets out, that's a shift response. You've shifted Mm. the emphasis onto you. 
A support response, though, might express sympathy and then ask a question like where she eventually found her dog uh, that will encourage the speaker to tell her story more fully. Shift responses are more common, but a good listener is an expert in support responses. What's especially difficult about support responses is making sure that they're not subtle ways to impose your own view. It's better to encourage the speaker to share their own. Uh, for example, a don't you think that is a shift response disguised as a support response. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Shift responses might come from a genuine desire to help the other person, but that's exactly why support responses are so hard. They require you to acknowledge that you can't fix other people's problems. Nobody can. A good listener is more like a sounding board. The best they can do is help the speaker come to their own realizations. Ooh. That's a big one. That's like basically what a coach is. Um, that's you know, if anybody's ever worked with, um, I have not personally, but if, if you've worked with a life coach or anything like that, they basically ask you questions to pull answers out of you to help you solve your own problems. And therapists. And therapists. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's with a really interesting tactic because my therapist will tell me, like, I will say something to her thinking that she's going to give me the advice I need. And instead she kind of always keeps it on me where she's like, and, and what do you, what yeah, I'm trying to think of even an example right now, but it always comes back to like that. I have to just go inside myself, even if it takes a few seconds and then I yeah. can come up with a solution on my own, but it's such a good exercise and trying to be self-reliant and know that like you can figure things out yourself. Yeah, totally. I honestly like as somebody on the receiving end of this type of stuff, I like a mix of both. I like I like somebody maybe asking some questions, but also like, tell me what to do. Like, tell me what, yeah. like, what would you do in this situation? Give me a personal example. Like, I actually want to hear like specifics in that way. I Same. don't, I mean, sometimes the reason I am coming to somebody to talk to them or is because I am looking for their advice. Same. You know, yeah. it's, I can ask myself questions all fucking day um, right. and, and I do. And if I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with that, <laughs> like, I do like that. Um, what, did, what did they call it? Uh, kind of shift I'm not response. Sh yeah, the shift response. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I like hearing about people's personal experiences and um, maybe plugging those into like my own situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the therapists I've had refuse to do that with me. Like when I'm just like, please just tell me what you would do. And most of the time they're like, no, let's, I, I can't do that. Talk to your friends. Uh, yeah. Whereas when I've talked to you guys, like, what would you do in my situation? Or you guys go, you know, I was in a similar situation a few years ago, whether it's a relationship or a career move. Um, that's the benefit of having friends who are like a few years older than you is they've usually been through something similar uh, that you're going through and can offer like very real empathetic advice. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, listening to others means not seizing control of the narrative. A lot of people like to be the center of attention <laughs> triggered. Um, and <laughs> kind of rude for, uh, 
three entertainers, but whatever. Um, and, <laughs> control, and control a conversation's narrative. A comedy and improv- improvisation session, uh, a bad one is a good example of this. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Michael, <laughs> thinking of Michael Scott. <laughs> uh, a good example of this, if all the members are competing for the limelight and the funniest comeback. In fact, improv is a great way to learn to maintain um, focus on the subject at hand rather than our inner thoughts or anxieties. At the famous Second City in Chicago, artistic artistic director Matt uh, Hoved, I don't, why do you keep getting these crazy last names? <laughs> Hoved, I don't know. I don't know. Hoved, yeah. Runs a training program for beginners. One game they play is group storytelling. Uh, Hovde controls which group member narrates a made-up story and also decides when the narrator changes. It forces the whole group to listen closely so that if they're called upon, anyone can pick up the thread of the story. It becomes immediately apparent if you haven't been listening or if you're so eager for a quick laugh that you ruin the whole narrative with something ridiculous. <laughs> ah. It's not just in group scenarios that we vie for attention. Even in one-on-one conversations, our overactive inner voices can cause our minds to drift or focus on what to say next rather than listening. Here's a tip. Embrace silence. Westerners go to bizarre lengths to avoid it. In Asia, where silence is more tolerated, American business people sometimes end up talking themselves into bad negotiating positions to avoid awkward pauses. Wow. Whoa. But does a pause have to be awkward? It can be a sign that you're really thinking about what someone just said. Try letting yourself sit in silence for a while or in a conversation. Try not worrying about what you're going to say next. You'll find you hear more of the world around you. Mm. Pausing just seems like such a power move to me. In a conversation, like anytime I've had people pause in a conversation with me, if it's a friend of mine, I definitely feel like they're thinking about what I said thoughtfully and I appreciate it. But if you're in like a meeting and somebody takes a long pause, you're just like, oh, they're thinking about what a waste of time this (laughs) is. Like you just start projecting all your feelings. But there have definitely been times I've like talked to you guys or asked you guys for advice where you guys will pause for a second and go like, no, 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 let me think about that. And it always makes me feel like, okay. I'm in good hands here. And the advice I'm about to uh, receive has been carefully constructed into a nice little package <laughs> for me to then take back to my own life <laughs> and unwrap. Oh, One of Are my you- best friends does this, but she doesn't tell me. She doesn't go, hmm, just let me think for a second. It, it'll just be silence on the other end of the phone. And for a while I was like, uh, uh, did we cut out? Are you there? And she's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking. And I've learned now to like, if I give her like a, you know, a pretty sizable problem that like really does need some thinking about to before she responds, I've learned to just get comfortable in that silence and be like, this isn't awkward. She's just thinking like, this just like how it is. And then I get like a very thoughtful response. I just had to get used to it. Yeah. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm I'm completely comfortable with silence in like social situations. Like I could I could go on like a two hour walk with you guys and just like you know be fine if we were all just kind of enjoying the scenery. You know what I mean? I wouldn't feel mm-hmm. like oh I gotta force something. But I'm very uncomfortable with science silence, and I always was in any kind of performance aspect. Always freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and if I, or if I'm presenting something, I will find myself like looking for filler type of talk or words until I, you know, catch my next thought and stuff like that. Um, so that's super weird. Um, but I would say, my gosh, if anybody wants to hone in their listening skills, take a fucking improv class because yes. that shit will make you a good listener very quick. Like that is a skill set, and uh, you know that that rewards good listening. Yeah, because you're terrified of looking like a fucking idiot when you don't listen. If you don't know what's going on in the scene, then you like are humiliated. So it's almost like you better fucking listen or else you're going to look like an idiot. Yeah, it's also like a good, it's a good um, practice to like be present too. You can't be Uh thinking, you can't be thinking too far ahead and you can't be thinking too far in the past. You have to be so present with what's going on at the moment. Um, So yeah, that is a really good tool. Yeah. Listening is hard work and sometimes you have to ration it, but it's always worth the effort. Finally, as a good listener, you need to listen not to just when others are talking, but when you are talking. Now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Every speaker has to read her audience. To read your listeners effectively, you need to be sensitive to subtle cues, both verbal responses and body language. Or just ask them, is what you're saying making sense? Don't expect them to always be attentive. Nobody can listen closely all the time. Who wrote this? (laughs) Any longer than two hours or so poses the risk of concentration lapses. Oh, yeah, for sure. There it goes back to Kelsey's thing of using up people's minutes. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got to be mindful. Two hours is too long. What do you do when you're out of listening energy? Politely take a break. Don't just continue half-heartedly. Everyone knows when they aren't being listened to. Don't try to fake it. Notice when you lack energy. There may be something, there may be certain people that you find particularly hard to listen to. It's worth stepping back and asking yourself why that is. Do you find them repetitive or boring? Do you disagree with them? Or maybe you're afraid of intimacy with them. Whatever your reasons, consider whether they imply more about them. Consider whether those reasons imply more about them or you. To be a good listener, you have to know yourself very well. Know your biases, your tendencies, your limits, and what you really want out of the conversation. Good listening doesn't just benefit the speaker. It benefits you, the listener, too. That's very interesting. Self-awareness, people. Yeah. Oh, I think if you're doing listening right, it you can feel kind of depleted afterward. It doesn't have to be like a bad thing. But I mean, after we record podcasts, especially if we do like two or three in a row, I feel so drained afterward because we have to be really active listeners to one another for like hours at a time. And yeah. you know, the whole goldfish attention span thing, like <laughs> we are all fucked up up here and it, it's <laughs> a big <gasps> exercise in like really staying present and making sure you're listening and not just to each other, but to ourselves and making sure, okay, this is about to be listened to by other people. Am I saying fucking gibberish or does this make any sort of sense? Yeah. 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 And like, you know, you guys as, as like stand-up comedians, you have to be so in tune with your audience as well. Like 
that also makes you just a good observer too, where it's like, you know, when people are into your shit or when they're not, you know what I mean? And like reading the room and reading the energy and the audience and stuff, that's so transferable into conversations. I think that's why I get like so sensitive in conversations where I feel like, oh no, this person doesn't realize that that person is like checked out two minutes ago and they're not really listening. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I, I feel like we have, we have kind of honed that skill um, yeah. where you kind of like, know, like, oh, it's time for me to wrap up or change topic or kick it to somebody else. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's a definitely an excellent skill to hone. I find that, um, this, when I was first starting my consulting business and stuff, I was really struggling with like, what the fuck do I call myself? Do I call myself a coach or a consultant or this or that? And I just did a lot of research on like what those two titles really mean. And kind of like what we mentioned, like a coach is somebody who will ask you questions and kind of pull things out of you. And a consultant is more somebody who's like, here's what I recommend X, Y, and Z. Right. And so, um, I lean towards the consultant title because yes, I do pull questions out of people to make sure that like we're on the same page like working on the same goals, you know, but I'm also going to be like, all right, now that we are on the same page with what you want to do, here are the options X, Y, and Z. Let's dig in. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think just a combination of those, that type of skill set when you're the speaker and the listener is good. Yeah. This is a good yeah. book. I mean, that's, that's, it's so a good. really important reminder. Really good. Um, Del, you should read the iTunes review because it's, uh, it's part of it's about you. It's funny. Oh, okay. Um, this iTunes review is from Ashley G. Hinton. Bagels! <laughs> I discovered this podcast last week and was hooked by how funny, witty, and relatable Kelsey, Delaney, and Taylor are. As I was laughing and experiencing some self-help, I thought it was awesome that Delaney's goal was to eat less bagels. <laughs> I decided that this is one of those podcasts that you want to hear every episode rather than jumping in with just the current ones. And I want, I went all the way back to the first episode and Delaney's goal was also to eat less bagels. (laughs) I love this podcast. I love bagels and I love personal development and can't wait to catch up on all the self-help ones during quarantine. That just highlights our lack of our lack of growth. Do you feel triggered? Do you feel triggered that you are your lack of progress is being highlighted in an iTunes review? Yeah, because I'm like, oh man, yeah, my personal growth in that specific area hasn't been a whole lot. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh my god, how many bagels did I eat this week? A few. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love this podcast so much. Yeah, that was a funny review. Thank you for that. And you know Thank what? You so like, much. yeah. I mean, that just shows you you can you can do personal development very imperfectly. You know, nobody. Yeah. You just keep <laughs> whatever you need to tell you know, yourself. Just keep. It started off with several bagels a day, and now it's several bagels a week. And I will just keep cutting that down when I feel like it. You know. Mm-hmm. Love sometimes it. you sometimes you just need a good bagel and some butter or I, cream cheese, you know? I'm not trying to fucking take bagels away from Freaking. you. Butter and cream cheese? Not together. Oh, I, I was choose, like... I choose which one I want. On my- <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I'm not opposed to it, but, um, you know, I like to choose whichever, whatever mood I'm in is really what I put, you know, what kind of mood I'm in for which spread I want. But I'm the person who will toast my bagel and then break off a piece and then scoop it right into the freaking cream cheese carton or, or or butter i am quite gross yeah i am quite poor gross. cam poor cam 
<laughs> oh my god, I love it. Do we have some quick segments? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I already talked. Oh, go ahead. Kelsey, no, you, you go, go first. Ahead. You go ahead, Tay. I am ready to listen. I. <laughs> <laughs> I have implemented everything and I'm ready. You go. Boom. Did I talk about my hula hoop on this podcast yet? No, just on our walk. You told us. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I don't have it in here with me. I wish it did. Um, we went to target on mother's day cause I was really sad and we were very careful and we just bought a bunch of stuff we did not need. And <laughs> one of them was I bought a light up hula hoop and it's so much fun. I'm awesome. pretty good. Are you guys good at hula hooping? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, as well as a kid. Yeah. Be. It's like, like, I'm not entering into like competitions, but like, I can make it stay up. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I mean, yeah. What's a competition? That's when they get crazy and do it on their neck and arms. Sure. And stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just keeping it, you know, keeping on my going. core. It's a good workout. Yeah. It is. It's great for your core. It's fun. So that was my, uh, treat myself and it, it's, I love it. I've never, um, been happier with a cheap purchase. That's a great treat yourself. So fun. I have a, a recommendation, a TV show recommendation. Have you guys started watching Normal People on Hulu? Everybody no. is saying that's amazing. Good. What is it about? Stop what you're doing. Stop whatever other show you've been watching and start watching Normal People. Oh my God. It's it's just the sexual love fest. And it's it's like a love story. It's a, about two characters. It's kind of the way my friend described it. It was almost like she's all that meets like Twilight meets it's set in um scotland and it's kind of like the jock falls for the more like outcast girl and the sex is so graphic and so hot and like you see everything like they show really what pussy they show on hulu penetration On on hulu well i mean like not like okay you know, actual one of my in seventh grade here. Um, not pee in the meat, but like it will show afterward them both lying there completely naked. Sign me up, baby. Normal people on Hulu, you said? Normal people Great. on Hulu. Their chemistry, their chemistry is unreal. They're both so beautiful, but like also relatable. It's, oh, it's so much fun. I'm fucking loving it. Oh my God, I can't wait. You sold that. I- I'm in. I am in because I just finished uh, season five of Love Island, so I need a new show. You need a new <laughs> sex fix. Yeah, they, and they do a good job of understanding like the goldfish attention span we have, where it's just like, just keep giving them more sex. It's like, yes, please. That's what I would like yeah. to watch. Like, don't. Fantastic. I don't need a ton of dialogue. Just keep. I just want more of naked people. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I have a treat yourself. I basically bought myself a little self care package um, that, uh, not really a self care package. I just, I just splurged on a bunch of shit. Um, and I got myself like um, a hair mask and some nice body scrub and some like nice like um, bamboo like face towels and just those types of things just to okay. treat myself during Love quarantine. It. And um, yeah, it's really nice. I use the hair mask. That stuff does work. I should probably just make that a part of my routine now because mm-hmm. uh, my hair gets quite dry. Um, so yeah, that's just like, that's my treat myself. I, love I just it. bought, bought I love myself it. some stuff. It's a good thing. Felt good. We need it. Felt really right good. Now. Gotta take care yeah. of ourselves. Um, or anything that you guys want to plug? Um, I no. I just want to give um one of my thriving artist students a shout out. Um, really quick. 
Oh, uh, it's my oh, my phone's dead. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was, Next time. I was gonna, okay. Anyway, I'm just loving seeing um, you know, what people are creating during this time. I just had um a new thriving artist sign up who's gonna be making like custom um custom like sneakers and stuff. Like she oh, like nice. draws on them and stuff like that, mm. and she buys them uh secondhand. So it's like a sustainable business. Oh, and it's cool. Super, super custom and creative and personalized and I can't wait to buy them. I can't wait till she gets uh gets it up and running because I want to order a pair. So um yeah so I'm just excited about what people are making. So if you guys are interested in learning more about the thriving artist course you can just go to delaneyfisher.com uh or on Instagram the link in my bio at Delaney Fisher. Awesome. Makeup course is almost ready. I think by the time our next self-helpless episode comes out I'll be like promoting that so I'm very excited. Woo! Your eye makeup looks insane, by the way. It looks so good. It like Thank you. matches your outfit perfectly and it's so pretty. Thank Very you. Awesome. I just did Ryan Stickler's podcast and he said it looked like the bottom of a battery. Oh my <laughs> God. But in like a good way. He's like, yeah, they, yeah. like they, that copper color on like a like Duracell a battery. He's like, it's like a sick color. I was like, thanks. Yeah. What, um, what a male compliment to give somebody's <laughs> yeah. makeup. You look like the bottom of a battery, but in like a hot way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he was very sweet about it I knew I knew what he uh, meant I am an oily seal ignore that but you guys know that's my that's my mo anyway hey we're doing it yeah all right well um love you guys thanks for listening love, you too. love, you. Yeah. love everybody yeah we'll talk to you guys next you time Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content and ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.